1: Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome. It's one of my favorite hours of the week. You're here with me on the Forbes Factor. Forbes Factor focuses on health, wealth, and happiness, and I got to promise you, when you combine them, things start to explode. I am personally in online course creation heaven. I don't want to say hell because, oh my gosh, Uh, but I, I will share, as you've been along with me on this journey As we venture into the next year, by the way, you know, you guys listen to this all over the place. I don't want to be too too timely specific. However, there are markers in time when it's important to note that. And so if you're listening live, it is the end of 2022 going into 2023. And for the last, now, I guess it'll be going into three years. What a weird world we've lived in. (laughs) You know, we all thought 21 would be better. 22 would be better. Didn't quite work out that way for most of us, but I've grown a little bit of an empire and I'm loving this. It's something I dreamed of for a long time. And as I listen to baby entrepreneurs all the time, you know, you have an energy of which you attract people. On some, for a while, I attracted people of a certain kind of business, mostly men. Then now I seem my attract much more women. And there's a flood of people who are getting into business for themselves. And what I'm up to myself and my now 20-year-old daughter seem to attract this energy. And I hear people It's like, you know how to ride a fancy, gorgeous race bike. And you've got people who are just getting off of their tricycle going, how is this thing ever going to work? I'm going to fall down and die. Well, no, most people don't fall off their bicycle and die, but it does feel that way, doesn't it? And so we're going on these journeys and I'm teaching people to pitch. And after years, years of fighting with everyone about this word, pitch means to sell. I don't want to pitch. There's no pitching here. I didn't view pitch that way. I view pitch as the sexiest word in the world. You know why? Because when you pitch, you get anything and everything you want. You want a really hot date? Pitch them. You want a better suite in a hotel? Pitch them. You want your husband to rub your neck in the morning like I do? Pitch them. When you get someone else to say yes, you win. That's really what the game is. Now, can you get them to hand you a credit card? Guys, I've gotten people to hand me credit cards worth $2.5 billion in sales. Yeah, I get that. And, uh, and I'm excited to, to, for you to meet my, my host, my co-host today, because he is a man that I've met along this journey. And I have now recently, in the last two months, lost a whole lot of people. I didn't lose them. They passed on. I can no longer pick up the phone and call them. From a 24-year-old that taught my daughter to ride a bicycle when we were all growing up in the neighborhood, 24 He's gone. One of my best fitness friends gone. One of my older fitness friends, healthiest guy I've ever known gone. Uh, Wendy gone. It it's uh, and then I don't know why I took Kirstie Alley pretty personally too, but I was like kind of my age, my generation and you know, uh, I'm a very happy upbeat person. And last night I found myself crying myself to sleep and I was sad. And not sad like depressed, but just sad. And is that okay too that there is a time limit for what you want to do. And I highly recommend that you take that seriously. And that if you want to travel somewhere, go do it. If you want to talk to somebody it makes you nervous, go do it. You want to come on a podcast, whatever it is, just go do it. Because apparently when it's over, you don't get to do it again. Hmm. And on that note, I want you to meet a man who, whenever I think of him, we bumped into each other at, what you know, we keep bumping into each other at events. That's the beautiful thing about being in circles with people. And I somehow can't get this visual of him and I karaoke He's driving the car. We're in San Diego. The car is packed. We're pressed for time for lunch. And we are singing and screaming in the top of our lungs. Please welcome to the stage, Mo Rock, the editor-creator of the Los Angeles Tribune and a very dear friend of mine.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much, Forbes. And um, absolutely, uh, it's always fun to spend time with you and to do karaoke with you in a car and uh, share some great memories. and. I want to start off by saying that uh, it's an honor and a pleasure for me to spend some time on your show. Thank you for having me. It's a great uh, honor for me to spend some time with somebody who not only do I consider you a friend, uh, I also have looked up to you for many years, even before I got to know you as a person. In fact, I tell people, you know, back when I was in high school, I used to sleep with Forbes Riley almost every night on the TV. <laughs> right? Usually their eyes l- light up, and I'm like, no, 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 no. no. L- l- let's get it straight. On the TV, I used to sleep with Forbes Riley almost every single night. And I, I just remember the enthusiasm and the passion that you uh, w- would convey through the, the television screen where. Millions of people feel and still feel and felt like they are friends with you even before they meet you just because of that energy, the magic that you have. And another thing, you know, just to, in the introduction of the show, you discussed baby entrepreneurs, which I think is kind of a cute term, um, and people that are getting in the world and field of business. And there are so many lessons that uh, that are always available for us if we pay attention, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, some of the greatest spiritual teachers since time immemorial have have expressed that the lessons are always here for us, and we've all heard that saying: uh, the student, the student is ready. Uh, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and the teacher for me is everywhere at all times, right? And so, when we examine the career and life of Forbes Riley something one of the biggest lessons for me to take away and i hope the folks at home also take this away is multiple industries right multiple industries multiple fields utilizing natural talent uh, without limitation whether it's in the personal development industry whether it's in the sales industry whether it's in business development whether it's in fitness for most people when they examine these industries they don't really see the cross-pollination right But yet Forbes Riley was able to double down on her talents and not limit herself. Uh, Michael Jordan has a great quote in his uh, Hall of Fame speech. He says limitations are illusions. Right. And so to me, one of the greatest lessons from the career and life of Forbes Riley is to not limit yourself with these illusions of, oh, this is the fitness industry. That I work in. So I can never do something in the personal development industry that's not in my world. Wrong. There's those are those are limitations that the mind makes. And so I just wanted to share that because I think I know a lot of folks listening are taking notes. And I know that we're gonna have a powerful and short conversation, but it's gonna be condensed. And I want people at home to take notes, listen to this once, listen to this twice, because there's a lot that I hope we can unpack today.
1: Well, and I love that. And Mo, you know, if when I start to do this, and I think that's the book that'll be coming out soon, is I also was at the top of the stand-up comedian world. I, I hosted the Laugh Factory in Los Angeles for three consecutive years. You know, who does gets to do that? Then I launched a thing called the X Game. So I'm in extreme sports on the ESPN network as an anchor host. And then you can see me as an actress on stage on Broadway. So, I don't know what limitations mean. In fact, it never, you know, it's funny. What the best part of being me now is getting to teach lessons of what I lived through, which by the way, had ups and massive downs. They were a lot of lonely, crazy nights, and there was no internet. There was no one to talk to. There was no clubhouse. I did all of this on my own. And I. not that I want to pat myself on the back because I wish there had been a little bit more mentorship, which is what I'm striving to offer other people because what I achieved in a short period of time, not having a lot of connections, I, you know, I tell people, I slept my way to the middle. Don't get me. <laughs> um, and, but there's certainly, and there's ways that I did certain things that I'm proud of looking back and I'm spending time analyzing because I don't know what limitations are. I really don't. I, I, I don't think the way people think. And, you know, Mo, when you grew up, did you have a lot of friends growing up?
2: Um, you know, I had a lot of acquaintances, but I didn't have a lot of what I would call friends. I was always social, but I had a difficult time connecting with people because the things that I was interested in, other people my age had no no interest in. And so I was less interested in talking about um, Tom Cruise or... Uh, uh, or,
1: or Boyfriends uh, and girlfriends.
2: You know, yeah. I was more interested in pondering the questions of what is life and why are we here? <laughs> Which, uh, as a teenager in high school, when people are just trying to make the basketball team, they don't really to have those kind of conversations. And so I definitely was eclectic, but I think part of the survival instinct that people that think that way develop is the social skill. One thing that I think you and I both have in common, Forbes, is we've developed this survival skill of being able to speak to just about anyone on planet Earth and we'll find something to relate with them about. And I think that that's something that's developed as, as kind of an instinct. For folks that maybe don't connect with a lot of people. Um, so I don't know how deep you want to get on the show for.
1: No, right. Let me say something. This is my show. I get to do what I
2: yeah.
1: want. <laughs> I, well, because it's, it, it's a great subject, and I just want to, t- you know, that's what I'm up to. Uh, I'm tired of selling all the time. I, I mean, I love enrolling people. I've got courses. You've got things we're going to talk about the LA Tribune, but I also like the conversation. That's one reason I tune into things. That's why I'm a fan of Joe Rogan. Get in there and get deep. Did you know about my singing and stripping Telegram career for 10 years? I told you about that,
2: right? Uh, I, I... It doesn't surprise me that I didn't tell. Did yeah. I tell you that I released a song this week? Can we can we plug my song this week?
1: <laughs> well, come on, tell me about your song. Yeah, well, a
2: stripper. Well well, well, we'll circle back to it. We'll circle back, but please that go was ahead. A
1: song that you created?
2: Yeah. So uh, originally, I started my career as a music producer, and I had a production company, and that was my first actual business, and that's where I earned my very first stripes in business. And I don't know if the song is available right now. Maybe on my Instagram, you can listen to a clip on it. It's coming out on Spotify, but it's a creative expression of mine. I always tell people, Forbes, you have to have some kind of a creative expression in life, right? You've got to have some kind of creative expression. It could be, for me, it's making music. For some people, it's writing. For some people, it's poetry. And it doesn't matter what happens to that expression once you express it, as long as you actually put it out there and take it from inside out. Um, and so I'm a big uh, fan of people expressing their creativity, whether it's through art or sculpting. If, you, if you're an accountant, you've got to have something in your life that's a form of creative expression, right? And so that's just, uh, I, I love the grin on your face, by the way.
1: <laughs> also looking, there is a song that somebody made for me out of my 10x speech that I would love to share with you. You know, as I'm talking to you, you get me excited. You were talking about a superpower of a mutual friend of ours. Your superpower for me is that you get me excited. I just wanna do stuff when I'm around you. There's people who, who I'll connect with who make me wanna tell stories and talk, and, and, and then there's people I just wanna interview and let them talk. But like, I'm going, ooh, you know, listening to you, I wanna do it, can we do the misfit tour?
2: I think so, I think we have to.
1: I, I would love to do that because for everybody who didn't sit at the cool table at school, which is most of us, what does it mean? Because there's no cool table at life. We all think. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's a blessing not to sit at the cool table. And in retrospect, when I look back, I realize I was sitting at the cool table, even though I didn't realize it at the time. Right. That's it just it just took me a while to realize who the cool kids really are. <laughs> right. See,
1: but OK, but so I think this is a conversation and not a joke, as I'm formulating this, how ideas come to me, that there are a lot of people in today's life most of them, I think, don't fit in. Because where what, what, what does that fit in to when you're an adult, right? Yeah, yeah. You know How much money, people who have, I've got billionaires who commit suicide, they don't fit mm-hmm. in. So mm-hmm. it's like this misfit tour that I love the fact if you didn't think that you were enough growing up or you don't think that you are now, come, come and hang with us.
2: Yeah, because- no, I, I love it, I love it, I love it. And I think um, that's something that you do so beautifully is creating community. Where people that maybe have never felt a sense of community for the first time ever in their lives at 50, at 60, at 40, finally feel like they have a community of of people in their lives. I I mean, just this past week, I had a chance to go into your uh, uh, party and I saw that and I saw that there were hundreds of people. And I imagine for for many of the people there, they never felt that kind of a support system before. Case in point, Jacqueline,
1: she's a woman who grew up in the South, dark skin, white hair. She's almost 80 years old. Her words hurt her, N-word hurt her. And she somewhere went and found a different meaning for that particular word and became obsessed with the meanings of all words. You know, they say sticks and stones, you never hurt you. You know, what is it? Sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will...
2: Never hurt you.
1: Right. That's the exact opposite about how she feels. So she's made a whole Mm -hmm. entire study about that. She comes to me to give her business coaching. She's all over the place. And I'm listening to this. and I'm like, that's great, but who wants it? And then as we're unpacking it, I'm thinking, you know, as I'm listening to you, it's a good college study. It's a good speaking tour. We, she got on stage after coaching and hanging out with everyone and doing what I set out to do and gave her one minute to million speech and she slayed the room. Now, Mo, when she was crying, the most important thing, no matter what she ever does with it, at that moment in time, she was heard for the mm-hmm. first time in her life. And it was so powerful. And if we can do that for people, I don't want people to feel like they don't fit in. You know?
2: It's almost- uh, yeah. I, I get it, Forbes. And, and thank you for, for for doing God's work. You know, I, I'm not someone that is afraid of using the word God or talking about spirituality and business. Um, When we make, when we allow someone to feel heard, To me, that is the epitome of expressing spirituality. There's this saying and there's this theory that we're all sort of God discovering itself, right? That we're all fragments of God discovering ourselves and we discover ourselves through each other. And so for me, the saddest thing is when people feel like they are invisible, or when people feel like there's nobody listening to them. Um, You know, there there are people that exist on this planet that feel like they're in outer space screaming with no one listening. And to me, that's heartbreaking. And so for us um, and, and for folks listening that are leaders, I believe it's our responsibility to allow people to genuinely be heard and feel heard and be seen and feel seen. And so I think that, you and I both do that in our own ways. Um, and I think it's because both of us know what it feels like to be on both sides of the table.
1: So you know, when we come back, because we have to take a quick break, we're going to talk about Mo, who is, created the Los Angeles Tribune, and I want to talk about what that means. I love what you just said. I don't know that I've ever heard it articulated that way, because that's what pitching does for me. It allows people to be heard. They've you've never heard this. And as we're getting ready for break, you need to listen to this. <laughs> you <laughs> You get what you tolerate. I do want to go in the studio and I think I do want to do a song that has something to do with that because of the messages that we've said over the years. I'm Forbes Radio. Listen to Forbes Factor. I've never played that before. I may never play it again. Uh, We'll be right right back after this message. Don't go
2: away.
0: Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley.
1: I'm Forbes Riley. Uh, yes, that's my. I don't even know. What do you call it? That's like the angry rock version. And I'm here with Mo Rock. So if you want to be a rock and roll star, Mo, is that really your last name?
2: Um, you know, it, it's not. I just like you. I had an early start in the entertainment business and in the in the entertainment world. And so what people don't know is like Tony Robbins is he has a different birth name, and a lot of people have different birth names and stage do you, names. I, Yeah, well, there you go. Tony Robbins, is is, 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 you know, his name is not Tony Robbins per se, but the name was given to me by a mentor when I was a sophomore in high school. And I've 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 now been I've now been going by that name longer than I have my birth name. Um, and See, that's
1: so a, okay, that's a funny conversation within this misfit thing if you yeah. aren't your name if your name is Esther Birnbaum nothing, you're not quite as sexy as like Angelina Jolie by the way that's not her real name either her land name is Angelina Jolie Voigt. that's her last her father's last name and it's just funny as you said that do you have to be a name that was given to you before by the way before they met you the person who named you Named you for whatever reason they did. In my case, it was you You name a middle name after somebody in, the, in my religion. You don't name after somebody living. If you're Irish, you do juniors. But that's got nothing to do with who you are. Mm-hmm. So I think embracing your own name.
3: Yeah.
1: I, I almost want to make an altar that you can either walk up and accept your name and go, yes, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Or I hereby get to change it.
2: I think that we can change anything about ourselves and that's what makes the human experience so powerful and even neuroplasticity is now proven that we can literally change the formation of our brain and going back to the name thing you know um post holocaust a lot of families were forced to change their names right and so um I have a very complex background uh, I have literally people in my family that consists of all of the major religions, right? I have cousins that are Muslim. I have cousins that are Christian. I have cousins that are Jewish, right? And so I have, when I look back at my bloodline, I have connections to a lot of different theologies. And I think that that's also why I'm so open-minded with those kinds of concepts. And post-World War II, a lot of people had to change their name um, because they wanted to either adapt and be a part of a society that... Dude,
1: you're preaching to the choir. Grandma's last name was Feinstein. She couldn't get my uncle into engineering school, went in the phone book, and found Forbes. That's how that whole yeah.
2: thing for us. <laughs> well, well, there you go. There's a perfect example. But the point, the point I'm making is our names, yes, it's important to be connected to something. Yes, it's important for us to not turn our backs on our history. But that doesn't mean we're turning our backs on our history because we are defining our own lives. And defining our own experiences are you allowed to do that yeah we're of course we're allowed to do that you know that better than anyone
1: i do Uh, and i embrace all this and i'm a little confused i was listening to a clubhouse conversation we were talking about the freedom of speech you have it and you definitely don't have it and i and i was listening to the conversation my question was and you're in the newspaper industry uh, and we're both in broadcasting who tells you what's right and wrong? No, I know you cannot yell fire in a crowded theater, that's illegal, it's very dangerous, but that is a freedom of speech, technically. Can I say I hate someone based on something? You can technically say whatever you want and we start limiting what you can say or canceling yes. you, Yes. then thats is that more dangerous?
2: One of the most dangerous things on, this, on the face of the planet, and it's funny, because just two days ago, I was at the Richard Nixon Museum. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a museum in Orange County. And I'm nonpartisan. I, I, I'm, I'm, I do not belong to any political party, but I like to learn from the good things that people and leaders have done and the bad things that they have done and learn from people's lives. I don't disregard people and disregard learning from them because I disagree with stuff that they said or did or whatever. And so while I was at the museum and library just two days ago, they had a whole section on the history of communism and the history of America and um, the the kind of Cold War era. And it reminded me of the dangers of groupthink. When groupthink, the phenomena of groupthink limit personal freedoms in contrast to um, individual individualistic concepts like that of Ayn Rand or Milton Friedman and, you know, one extreme and another extreme, right? And so I think the most important thing for us to talk about Forbes for people that are kind of listening is encouraging people to express their own unique fingerprint. You see right here, I have this fingerprint and no one else on the face of the earth has this fingerprint that I have, no one. And so for me to express who I am as an individual with the face of the planet is I believe the purpose of life because I'm living my purpose when I'm expressing my uniqueness, my unique gifts, my unique skill sets with the world. And I believe the purpose of life is to live your purpose. Mm. Right. But if I'm not expressing my own uniqueness, if instead of expressing this fingerprint, I'm looking for someone else to tell me what my fingerprint is, Then I'm not really living my purpose. I'm living groupthink's purpose. I become a ping pong ball and a ping pong machine, just bouncing around, but not in control of my destiny. And so we have the ability to either be on autopilot and live like a zombie. We also have the ability to express ourselves, to make an impact on the planet and to show who we truly are with the face of the earth. Mm. For me, it's far more fulfilling to express yourself. Right. And so, um, Folks, I, I, I'm just trying to make sure that you're getting the the price of admission here, right? <laughs> With this conversation, oh,
1: I love, this is a this is a very powerful conversation, and I do think that that you know I'd I never I really put it together that way. That the biggest uh, illusion and the most danger to this planet is groupthink, and yeah. we watched it during COVID. We were given little information and people panicked and went in herds. And if you were someone who went against a herd, doesn't matter what direction they went in, you were ostracized. You were, it was. Yeah,
2: bottom- I think that's the point. It doesn't matter what direction, you know, um, yeah. it, it goes on all ideologies, all political spectrums. No, no specific political spectrum or theocratical ideology is immune from groupthink. Right. No, Absolutely. And, and so it's really important for us to tap in with our hearts, tap in with our minds, tap in with our connection to a higher power. Going back to your question, who defines the line? Who says what free speech is or isn't? We have to tap in and feel from our hearts and souls. What does integrity mean? Right. And so I think uh, th- this is also why it's important to have some sort of a higher power in life. When when we look at cultures that don't value having a higher power at all, right, or spirituality at all, to me that's also very dangerous. And this country happened to be founded on the concept of a higher power, whether we like it or not. It's, now, you not, our, be an, it's
1: not our money. It's literally yeah, you, exactly now. Money.
2: You can be an atheist, and that's fine. I'm not. I don't care. I'm. Not, I, I. I literally am the last person on earth to tell someone else what to think. Right. But. If you're an atheist in the United States, you can't deny that you are benefiting from living in a country that was founded upon a higher power in literally the Constitution and the, and the, and the founding principles. And so um, it wasn't, you know, founded on just secularism. And I think that we get to benefit that benefit from that, that that idea that there are unalienable rights given to us by our creator, not by the state, not by my neighbor. Not by a uniformed officer, That's but by my creator.
1: Subject. Okay, so here's where, let's just, you know, I, you know who one of my higher powers is? Nature. You can't define, you know, and I love people say, I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe in gravity. You know what's funny about I don't believe in gravity? Watch, you can let the pen, it falls down. Gravity doesn't need you to believe in it. So for those of us who believe that you can manifest things, it doesn't need you to believe whether I'm right or wrong. I'm living a life that way. Yeah. My biggest concern, though, gets to be that it's not about the higher power. It is the interpretation of the men, mostly, and women who decipher and and conclude that they are the only one to listen to because <laughs> they somehow have a higher connection.
2: Yeah, that's very scary. Um, and, and, you know, if you want to, if anyone wants me to just, T- tune them out one day to start telling me that you have the answers to to the great mysteries of the universe. Right?
1: I sat behind someone. Oh, this is my other Literally, these couple behind us was telling each other what Jesus said. <laughs> oh, Jesus said that. And I'm just sitting here thinking, my own little pea brain, if you ever play telephone, like with 12 people, you yeah. say one sentence, and by the time it gets to the 12th person, it's completely different. And mm. I just question how something thousands of years ago could be interpreted yeah. in any way by... If you go in, can you imagine going back in time and handing them a cell phone? I was over in Italy and I was practicing magic, and I have one of my favorite magic tricks. I can, they all like to smoke over there, and I can take a card, do whatever it is I want, roll up my sleeve, and go put a little uh, ash on my arm, and the card will appear there. They started yelling at me like I was a witch. I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna get hung. I'm gonna get, literally, they're running around. She's a witch. I'm like, no, trick, it's a trick. Yeah, and I right. tell you that one of the things that got me to think very differently about life than most people is that my father was a magician and mm-hmm. that I do magic tricks. And I can take anytime, anywhere, do something. And a majority of the people, Mo, they will go, oh, my God, that's yeah. amazing. And yeah. I'm, well, I know it's a trick you could look up on the internet right now and prove that it's not that amazing. I'm just a good storyteller.
2: Right. Or are you I- that
1: gullible? Or what's really going on here?
2: Well, here's what's interesting. And I know that about you. Um, about the fact your father was a magician. And I think even one time you did a trick for me sitting uh, <laughs> next to um, <laughs> next to uh, uh, the ocean, which I thought was, was pretty awesome. But to me, when you grow up with a father that is a magician, a stage magician specifically is what I'm assuming he was, yeah. you are able to witness firsthand, up close and personal, one of the greatest lessons in life. And whether it's NLP, whether it's political leaders, whether it's people that run, run the world, in many ways, you can call them all magicians, right? And and so when you are able to actually literally, I don't think it's an accident that you grew up with a magician as a father, and you ended up on stages, also practicing magic. Because when you can transform someone's life, and when you can help someone have an internal breakthrough, you're practicing magic, right? It just so happens that that magic the, the, the distinction is a stage magician does magic for escapism and entertainment. But when a transformational leader does magic, they do it for a far deeper purpose. They do it for a far more powerful reason, because for a transformational leader, when you conduct magic, when they leave that room, that magic just starts when they leave the room. Whereas when a magician does it, once they leave the room, they go back to their lives. But literally, it's doing the same thing, right? Tapping into a person's psyche, tapping into another person's reality tunnel. Um, Robert Antoine Wilson, a great author, spoke about this concept of a reality tunnel. You have a reality tunnel. I have a reality tunnel. We all have our own reality tunnels. And so my reality tunnel is very different from yours, right? We might walk in the same exact room walk out and write a description of what we saw and write two completely different things.
1: Hallelujah, I'm preaching that forever.
2: But one of the greatest skills is to tap into someone else's reality tunnel. This is something very few people are able to do. Really skilled magicians are very rare, right? But the very skilled magicians are able to do that. Transformational leaders are very rare. There's a lot of people that wanna be those things, but the ones that actually know how to do it, it's a gift to tap into someone else's reality tunnel. And this also goes back to pitching because what does it really mean to pitch? A lot of people, I think, misunderstand and then think, hey guys, look at this lovely mug. If you order now, I'm gonna throw in uh, this spoon to go with the No, that's not pitching. Pitching is going into someone else's world and sharing your vision in someone else's world. And to me, that's something that very few people are able to... Uh, do, um, and you're one of the world's foremost authorities on that. And the fact that you're taking this rare skill set and making it accessible for anyone, and making it accessible for for aspiring entrepreneurs, to me is a great gift that you're doing for humanity.
1: I'm falling in love with me. <laughs> well, you know, Mo, you hit on something very interesting. I just had a breakthrough weekend. I- I'm loving this concept of reality tunnel. Because what I personally see, and now I've done thousands and thousands of students, that's what I've spent the last two years really cultivating. We have almost 14,000 students that I've personally interacted with. Um, And so if that's true, and when I do talk about pitching, I see it very differently than almost everyone else. I hear things differently than almost everyone else. And as when you talk about Ayn Rand and a couple of other people, that maybe I need to start really thinking about, if you are that off the beaten path, what is your path? and that is what I am searching for now. As I've helped a lot of other people, I did talk about a limiting time on this planet. And so I mean, you know, I guess to make some pretty powerful decisions, how are you leaving your legacy? What are you working on?
2: One of the things that I consider myself Forbes, um, and I wrote about this in a book that I'm doing with Dennis Waitley and Kyle Wilson um, and uh, uh, Zig Ziglar's son, Tom Ziglar, that's coming out in January is I don't consider myself a CEO as much as I consider myself a steward, right here. There's a copy of uh, the first issue of the LA Tribune from 1886. You can see half of it. It's really interesting. In in the 19th century uh, newspapers were just one-sided. And if you actually look at the physical print of newspapers in that era, it feels like cardboard. And so as technology changed, as technology changed and the, the, um, the uh, different printing presses became more accessible. That industry changed. But I didn't grow up watching Citizens Kane, Citizen Kane thinking I'm going to be in the newspaper industry. It attracted me. It pulled me in. And I think that a lot of times things happen in our lives uh, that are part of our greater purpose, but they don't look exactly the way that we want it to look. Right? right? Maybe you want to be an actress. But then if you really look back at the the scope of your life you became a transformational leader well why did you want to be an actress in the first place was it because you loved acting or was it because or was it because you loved impacting people's lives because you loved touching people's lives so you you look back at life and you realize my purpose wasn't to be an actress i thought it was because that's one expression of impacting people's lives and so a lot of times in life We might want to do something a specific way. And I know we have one minute till break. So I'll wrap up real quick here. But when we think in terms of the macro and not the micro, in other words, you know, maybe you thought that you're here to be a rock musician. Maybe your purpose is to be a professor of music. It's still in the macro of what what you're here to do. So I, were you
1: 30 years ago? Where were you, my man? I need to hear this. And I, as I say that right now, as, as I said that, somebody really does need to hear that who is 30 years younger because I do, and we're going to take a quick break and come right back uh, because I want to finish up this conversation. I'm I'm just having the time of my life and it's a very busy day and now you've become the highlight of it. So for those of you listening, um, if you like, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, Pandora, we're all over the place, but the most important place right now is Voice America. Love those guys back in Arizona. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back with more Mr. Mo rocking it in the house right after this message.
0: Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power, too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
1: Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey,
1: everybody. It's Forbes Riley. We're coming back. I'm having the—I'm going to call this show Goosebumps. Because I'm absolutely getting goosebumps. And I just shared my screen because we're also on Zoom. I see Ashley there. She's holding my mug. It's time to GSD. <laughs> get shit done. I have to tell you, all of a sudden, seeing the things that I've said and I care about on, on clothes, on t-shirts, is, is one of the most exciting things ever. And Mo just said a freaky annoying thing because he's so right. He said about declaration. So I've been in my studio and everywhere I go, we talk about dream it, believe it, and achieve it. The dream it part has always been what you think about the believe part, which by the way, if you look at the word believe, it's got that L I E in the middle of it. It's a lie. You believe it. I believe something different. That's okay. You can believe whatever you want. And then the achieve. It means that you don't get to sit home and wait for the phone to ring. But if you declare that you are confused and like I've had students say to me out loud to the universe, I have a fear of success. Cancel, cancel. I don't, but they do. And you're like, well, if you have a fear of success or fear of money, guess what's going to avoid you? self-fulfilling prophecy. But to your point, even where I am in my world, getting to step up to the plate and declaring, this is how I got to be speaker at Real Summits, to be one of the headline speakers at one of the largest summits in the world, was that I had gotten emotionally pushed to a point where I wanted to see more female role models for myself, speaking and talking like you and I are doing right now. And on, you know, you can name... 50 guys off the top of your head, from Tony Robbins to Gary Vee to Grant Cardone, to Jack Canfield, to Damon John, Kevin Errington. Try and name a woman, and you're like, Oprah. I'm like, oh, really, really? Of all, that's it? I mean, like, I love her, but. And then I said the thing about Oprah who I've not met, and hopefully if I piss her off enough, she'll ring me because she needs a spin gym, but she's not a mom. And I gotta tell you, as a woman who pushed out two babies 20 years ago, three days ago, 20 years ago. You have a very different sense of who you are on this planet and how you spend your time in your brain space when you are always thinking of other people. I don't care how much you love your dogs, and I'll challenge that to the blue in the face. So being a mom, I wanted to find that, that mom role model who was also a badass, sexy CEO, who also had a healthy relationship. Gotta tell you, I was looking for the entire star to fire at all levels and then have the courage. So I said that one night on Clubhouse, and, I, and somebody said, well, Forbes, maybe it's you. I said, well, that's just it. That's what I want. As soon as I said that, the next day, Mo, there's a message from a woman I'd never met on my phone, on my email, who says, would you like to be a headline speaker? And they sent me a photo. And the next thing you know, I'm standing between Jack Canfield, Damon John, Deepak Chopra, and Les Brown. It is as though I wished it into existence. It is as though the universe was waiting for me to understand and declare that I could be that amazing. Because I got to tell you, I grew up... That was not. You don't tell people how amazing you are. You just kind of right. hide and play small. Soon as I declared it, my life changed.
2: God, I love that. And I and, and, and you know a lot of people that come from humble beginnings um, stay in humble beginnings because of their fear of declaring and what that might look like. Don't play small, folks. Uh-huh. Don't be afraid to shine your light. Well, because, no, wait, wait. Yeah. I'm going to
1: stop you right there. That's the. I, I, this is where pitching comes in. Mm. You cannot say, don't play small to someone who is playing small because they can't hear you. If you tell them what to do and what not to do, they're like, well, so how? how? And then they're just in that same spiral. So how would you repack that sentence to inspire them to want to play bigger?
2: Are you playing as big as you deserve to play?
1: Mm, okay, again, can I challenge you on that?
2: Challenge
1: me. You Des- deserve. Who says you don't? You- Nobody, you don't deserve anything. I don't hear, I don't hear right. you say, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Says who? Sorry, but your your higher power in mind does not keep score like that. Oh, well, I'm supposed to be doing this. Who knows? If you're right. supposed to be doing it, then take the action. So try it one more time. What's the, what? how do you get them to, see, I, and I, as I'm saying this to you, I'm going to tell you, I think I know the answer. I don't think that you can tell them. You mm. people this is the same thing with pitching. You cannot tell somebody what they need. We all know mm. you need to exercise more, you need to drink water. We get that, but they're still not doing it. When you get someone to want it, that's the only time they take action.
2: Yeah, so, desire.
1: So then I guess the question is when you look at people who are playing small and push them. And that's what I did this weekend. And you un- and maybe that's why breakthrough and these trainings are important because we know they can be playing bigger. They don't, they don't realize it. Mo, so many people that I talk to are where they are because they got hurt when they were younger. They got molested. They got told they were nothing. They got beaten by a father who was alcoholic. Do you know, and then we're gonna be joined by my next guest, that one of my guys, I met him in Las Vegas, very handsome man, but he was on the outside and you could feel something was wrong. I come to understand he served our country, witnessed some things no human should ever witness and he was going down a spiral where he wanted to end it all. He comes on this breakthrough call one of the things that he reveals is that his father was horrible never married his mother got her pregnant with two twins of which he's one used to beat him and then got another family pregnant went to a horrible man just horrible i listen to all of that we do a whole breakthrough mo i have him pick up the phone and call his dad this is a shock how would you expect dad gets on the phone what would you think
2: it's a lot to process forbes but I, I would imagine it would be emotional.
1: Well, but I would imagine it would be very cold and very distant because that's how he paint. You know, dad wants, I don't even talk to him, I don't never talk to him. i like, you yeah, know, hi, son, what do you want? It was like, hey, dad, I called to tell you I love you. And dad was like, man, I love you too. You have mm-hmm. just always been the light of my life. And I, you're, and I know, and I'm listening, but we're all listening in the class going, that's the guy you're talking about? <laughs> just, and then I said, yeah, ask if he has any regrets. So, dad, do you have any regrets? He's like, you know, son, I've done, made, made, i made a lot of mistakes in my life but I've learned lessons. I swear it was like his father had just been through a personal development class. He did not know we were listening. And I'm blown away because this kid's got an impression of a man 30 years ago who might've been that guy carrying that baggage with him from relationship to relationship, ruining the relationship with his wife and his kids over a human. So let's get people to trainings. Let's get people Coached out of their misery rather than sending them to a room on Sunday and beating them, going, You're not doing it right. And if you don't keep doing this, you're gonna end up in hell.
2: I love that. And it it goes back to kind of a concept we touched on the beginning of this powerful conversation, which is a lot of times folks are doing God's work or doing the work of spirituality or doing the universe's work or doing the work of love. And It's not packaged that way, right? Uh, The church packages it a certain way, right? They want to sell you on that idea. But there are people that are actually doing that, not trying to take credit for that. Um, When you go to a Forbes Factor uh, 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 event, it's God's work. It's probably more impactful than going to church for 30 years, in my personal opinion, right? Because you're heard and you help other people heal, feel heard. You were able to eliminate two generations of trauma that now that man is not going to pass down to another generation in one afternoon. And that's the kind of transformational experience that only the daughter of a magician can help facilitate.
1: <laughs> hey, Mo, you've got the online version of the Los Angeles Tribune. What are you doing with We movie? have
2: the physical print version as well.
1: It's coming we, out.
2: Okay. Yeah, so we have a special leadership edition coming out, you're featured in it. I'm very excited. It's going to be available um, internationally and uh, we're redefining what news is. We're redefining how people see a news brand. I'm very um, lucky and blessed by God that I have an opportunity to be a steward of something that's bigger than myself, something that was here before I was born and it'll be here long after I'm gone. Uh, A powerful name with a history attached to it. And uh, you know, in the United States of America, in the 20 major metropolitan cities, on average, each metropolitan city has about three legacy news brands. That's defined by some, by a brand that's existed for around a century or longer. Now, <clears throat> that, that's about 60 brands that exist. And then if you eliminate uh, 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 the mid-sized cities, you have Miami, New Can York, wait, and L.A. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm gonna have you condense this because I just want people to know how to find out because I want to, I want you to meet Michael. My- <laughs> well, because our time's gonna run out.
2: Absolutely. Well, well, the point I'm making is we're very blessed because we're one of a handful of national brands that are still independently owned. We wow. haven't been we haven't been bought up by a major conglomerate, and so we don't have the 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 corporate bureaucracies. So we can put Forbes Riley, uh uh, uh in, in the in the news, it, you know, in a major two page spread, which she's gonna be in. Because we believe in the work that she's doing. We can put all all these incredible thought leaders uh, on our platform because we believe in the work that they are doing, whereas the other national brands uh, don't show that support to the personal development industry. So I just wanted to end on that note.
1: Well, I love that. Hey, Mr. Michael Dalko, the CEO, would you come up to our stage, my dear friend, and meet Mo Rock? You know, I we're going to have a little bit of time and talk about the business that you and I do, but this has been such an amazing conversation, and I'm glad. Look at him looking down at us. He looks like God, or Morgan Freeman, I can't decide which, with
3: the goatee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Michael, Michael, say hi.
3: Hello, Mr. Rock. Pleasure to meet you, and it was good listening to you for those moments.
1: Wow, you got an interesting echo in your space. You sound yeah. li- yeah, Where
3: are you? It's sort of empty here. I'm uh, working on a project. So it's a little empty here,
1: Michael, you have been in business for many years and you are now choosing to go in a more, um, uh, I want to say independent, we're talking about independent thinking and, and well, I don't know how, how much you'd know or not know, but Michael was in the banking industry for many years. Am I correct? And what is, what, what's different now in the world of finance and banking?
3: Well, everything has changed. Um, We came from a tradition of what we call closed ledger. A lot of people call it the banking system, but what it really is is it's a closed ledger. You give them your money, and they can do whatever they want to do with it, and we allow
1: that. And when I was growing up, and it's, it's a weird world. I mean, I remember that little passbook. I'm old enough to know that I had a sign. And 40 years later, when I wanted to get money out of that bank, which was where my parents lived and everybody was gone, I went back to that bank. The, the account was still not very large, but they said, sign a card to get your money out. And it didn't match because that signature was of an eight-year-old little girl who made hearts on the eyes. And luckily, somebody in the bank went to high school with me because my name is also different than when I, before I was married. And that was the only way I could get my money out of that bank because that's how we chose to establish it. But also in, in those days, they used to give you a percentage. Remember that moment when you put your money in and they like thanked you for put, having your money with them? Absolutely. Like, what are you getting now on your money in the bank, do you know?
2: I mean, it's probably less than one percent if you keep it in if you're just keeping your money in the bank. It doesn't even uh, you know help you with inflation
1: right isn't that kind of a weird thing so michael came up with a solution or is part of a solution and i know we only have a few minutes we've got like some three minutes to talk about this michael i love this conversation with with mo so amazingly well and your sound is a little off did he leave i think he may have left i think
2: think we lost him
1: well, you know what that was a very okay so i do want to talk about just uh being a thought leader we have three minutes left that one of the things if you're inspired by what you're hearing in this conversation i do have a community We are on Facebook at the moment. We call ourselves the Millionaire Maker Inner Circle, completely free, just to pop in and see what we're up to. As we're now 6,400 strong, I know everyone in that community. It's not a joke to me. There's Mr. Michael back. Michael, we've got two minutes to close. In 30 seconds, will you give me your philosophy or something you want to say to my amazing entrepreneurs all listening?
3: Absolutely. I spent over 15 years as a mortgage banker, most recently with Wells Fargo. I spent a lifetime putting people in debt Most people built their wealth with their real estate, but today because of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, the people have the power. It's gonna take a little learning curve as Ms. Riley can, Dr. Riley can teach you guys, but once it's worth it, it's worth the curve because once you make that turn, you can take your own money, put it in your own decentralized open ledger blockchain wallet and grow your money and double your funds every year. If you can learn to double your money, you won't have to work so hard. So I think that was about thirty
1: seconds. So I'll get Michael and Mo to meet Mo. You got thirty seconds to, to love on my audience. Go for well, it.
2: Well, first of all, I've met a lot of CEOs in my life, but I've never met the CEO. So it's a pleasure <laughs> to finally meet the CEO. I've been waiting. I've been waiting a long time to finally meet the CEO. But um, and, and to your point, Michael, I think that the potential of the technology is uh uh uh. uh Historically, you're uh, able to, to change the history of our society and the history of our species, the technology. And so, um, there definitely is a learning curve. Um, 30 my, seconds my, left,
1: Mo. How do we find you?
2: <laughs> and so, again, thank you, Forbes, for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. I am a member of that community. You can find me on Instagram. I think that's probably the easiest way to do so. My Instagram handle is mo rock loves you. Just oh, remember I, I love, love that. you.
1: Hey, you guys, they're going to cut me off because we're a live broadcast. All of the information will be in the show notes. Big love to the CEO, Mr. Michael Morak from the Los Angeles Tribune. You have my heart. And as always, we will see you right back here. And until next time, stay safe and be happy. Bye, everybody.